Hello and welcome to an impromptu episode of the Speed Cafe podcast where we're going to have a bit of a chat about the 2024 supercars calendar, which of course dropped today. Uh, my name is Andrew Van Leeuwen. I am the editorial director at Speed Cafe and I'm joined on the line here by our senior reporter and a man who loves his dates and numbers, Daniel Herrero. Dan, how are you, mate? G'day, Andrew. I'm good. I'm good. What do you make of the calendar? First impressions. Let's just rip into it. First impressions. We've got a twelve-round calendar again. You've actually been all over this calendar stuff. You were you were first with the with the big Bath of Superfest news. You were right on the pace with the bend in the last couple of days. What are your first impressions of this twelve-round series that we've got? Uh, first impressions. To to be blunt, a little disappointed by the calendar. Um, I think everyone wanted more than twelve events. There are some practical reasons why it's still only twelve for the time being, but that's a, a little bit irregular um, in terms of what they've done with those 12 events. There are some uh, some interesting elements. Simmons Plains in uh, the middle of August is is not going to be warm, <laughs> I don't think. So that one, that stands no. out for no. me. Um, aside from that, I think all the... You know, all the main news we already knew, we're starting at Bathurst, which again is a... A little bit disappointing as well. I'm I'm one of the people that quite liked Newcastle. I'm probably somewhat parochial because I'm from around there as well. But uh, I thought that was a great event. So it's unfortunate that that's not on the calendar next year. Um, yeah, just a little bit flat about it. Yeah, I think that's a fair enough reaction. I totally agree with you about Newcastle and Bathurst. Like Newcastle really, I think it came back with a bang Um you know, this year on the schedule, I really thought there was a great vibe around the event. So it is a shame that we've sort of lost it so quickly. I'm not a fan of racing twice at Bathurst uh, in one year. I don't like the idea of, you know, it's not sprint racing, but shorter format racing at Bathurst. I think when the cars roll out for practice one for the Bathurst 1000, that should be quite a kind of, you know, that's a big moment in the course of our season. And we lose that a little bit when we've already seen the cars um, at Mount Panorama. So that is obviously, I understand the reasons for it. So that's a shame, you know, Losing the bend, whether we all really want to go to the bend or not, um, is sometimes something that we joke about. But to me, it's just being stuck at that 12 rounds is just still a bit of a shame. It's really not a lot of motor racing. Um, and it's just hard to see how they get out of the loop at the moment because obviously, you know, there has to be so much money stumped up to add that 13th event. You know, from what I understand, the sanction fee that was thrown uh, was thrown at the bend was huge. It was already a pretty big sanction fee that they were paying, uh, and it was uh, even bigger. It pretty much set at a number that they were never going to be able to viably um, bite at and go and do that event. So we need something to change somewhere in the system that we can add some events. Because I know it's been said that, you know, 15 is the target and this and that, but we can't just magically get there. We need to slowly build up for it and we need some mechanisms in the way everything is written and the TRCs are written and the broadcast agreements are written to help us just add at least one more, like get that process started. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, we know at a bare minimum, it's 60,000 per TRC for each event once they go over 12, we understand. So that's 1.44 million just that they pay to the team. So you'd think that any event in Australia has got to clear at least that plus whatever else it costs supercars to, you know, to run their motorsport department, to run their TV production. You could see them using an overseas event as a loss leader. We'll probably get to that in a moment. But, um, yeah, a place like the Bend, probably not. Uh, it would have been nice to see the Bend on the calendar just to have 
another event, make it a bit busier. But yeah, unfortunately, there are some uh, commercial realities around that. So we are at 12. I th- yeah, I mean, where, where does the 13th event come from? It probably needs to be about building the profile of the championship broadly. It's been a tough couple of years with COVID and hopping all over the place and then having to do four in a row at Sydney. Hopefully, once all this Gen 3 stuff is out of the way and sorted, hopefully we get a concerted effort to to really uh, rebuild the profile of supercars. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more on that. There's probably not too much more to discuss on the actual 2024 schedule. As you said before, it kind of has fallen into where we thought everything would fall into. Um, one interesting point is that Adelaide is, you know, basically a week earlier than it is this year. There has been this sort of these rumblings of, of uh, non-championship race at Qatar. That is something that race itself, the race board, definitely wants to happen. Barclay Nettlefold wants that to happen. They are in talks about that happening. It's a much less popular idea uh, when you come back to the supercars level and then particularly the team's level. But um, clearly sticking Adelaide that week earlier does create that fortnight gap to the 2024 Qatar Grand Prix and leave the door ajar for a deal to be done there for a non-points race. Yeah, so that that was a definite that they needed to do because um, Qatar Grand Prix is on December 1 in 2024. So uh, I believe that in the terms of the charter, they need to give the teams a, a weekend off before each event. I mean, that's obviously negotiable um, if they can work it out with the teams, but you'd rather not be uh, smashing cars around in Adelaide and then having to put them on a plane straight away to go to Qatar. So that explains why... That's come forward again, Qatar. Yeah, it's not gone away. It, it seems unlikely uh, for next year, 2025. Yep. Yeah, maybe, but it's, you know, Formula One has a lot of date equity in its calendar, so it's still going to be hard to see how that's going to work while Ever Adelaide is contracted as the finale, which remains the case for another couple of years more. Date equity, that is a good word. I like that Very one. Very indie um, Yeah, look, I, I don't know if I really get it. Yeah, I don't know if I really get the whole Qatar thing. I understand that you know there is uh, a desire to deliver on a promise of some international expansion to to the to the race shareholders, um, but you know particularly when we're talking about we're still talking about Gen three issues. We're talking about the fact that supercars you know made a loss last year. You can cut that up however you want, whether it's good or bad or indifferent. But um, it feels like you know when we are not racing at Winton or Queensland Raceway, all these other events. You know, New Zealand's a big one to tick off, but. Um, yeah, I don't know, the Qatar thing kind of doesn't necessarily stand out to me as something that we should be urgently pursuing unless it is a massive, massive cash cow, basically. That's that's my opinion. Yeah, well, I'm, I can see the logic in Singapore, notwithstanding all the, the practicalities that uh, our Formula One colleague, Matt Kosh, has outlined about going to that event. Uh, Qatar, yeah, I don't really get it takes it out of the time zone for... The core fans, um, would they be suited to that LaSalle circuit? Probably not. It's a bike track. It's a Formula One track. Um, yeah. yeah, interesting one, that is. The big shock of the morning was the announcement that we're not going to the bend this year, but we're going to the bend for longer than usual uh, next year because that has been locked in as an endurance race. It's not the first time that it has been locked in as an endurance race. It was set to replace the Sandown 500 in 2020 before the pandemic came along and tipped all of our lives on their heads. Um, This is an interesting one because 
you know, there's been a lot of talk about the future of the Sandown 500. Uh, we know that event, uh, sorry, that circuit is likely to get turned into a bunch of uh, very nice houses at some point, given it's a very lucrative parcel of land, about 25k from the Melbourne CBD. Um, but this is actually a, this is a pretty big hint that the 60th running of that event next year is going to be the last one, I think, you know, based on some conversations I've been having today. You know, from what I understand, there is nothing in the contract with the band that says it has to be the pre-Bathurst 1000 Enduro, but it does have to be outside of the winter months. That's a big thing that the Shahin, that Sam Shahin's been uh, really keen on, is to try and move that event out of the winter months because Taylor Bend isn't an overly attractive place to go when it's blowing a gale and freezing cold. Um, so you're talking about September. You're not going to have an Enduro at the start of the year unless there's massive reform in the post-Bathurst um, calendar. You're not going to have it after Bathurst. So we're talking about September. That's really where it's going to be. So my very early mail is at, at some point next year, there's going to be an announcement that the 60th running of the Sandown 500 is the last running of the Sandown 500 and the Bend will become the sole Enduro alongside Bathurst next year. Yeah, again, I mean... Full credit to the Bend. They've invested in a, a really great facility there. They've spent a lot of money on it. I'm still saddened by the uh, inevitable demise of Sandown. I was hoping maybe we had uh, a couple of years more. But, yeah, I think um, I think the point about installing the Bend as an Enduro in 2025 does point to uh, next year being the last for Sandown. The other reason for that is, of course, you know, we're talking about the Bends not necessarily having a fixed slot aside from not being in winter, but again, Adelaide's the finale. Do you really want to put, you know, the Bend after Bathurst and thus, you know, within a handful of weeks of the Adelaide 500? I don't think that would fly yeah. either. So that's a, that's another pretty big hint at what's going to transpire in, uh, in 2025. Interesting what knock-on effect. I mean, I don't know how long that Enduro deal is for, but interesting to sort of see what knock-on effect that does have with some plans for supercars to go to Singapore because, again, the understanding I was starting to build was that, you know, Singapore might not happen until Sandown is gone um, because you don't want to replace a classic Aussie event with an overseas event. But, you know, once Sandown goes, it sort of frees that up. But, again, if the bend is going to fall into that winter sort of uh, – sorry, outside that winter window, then – um, depending on how long that agreement is, that could sort of indicate when uh, we could see a Singapore deal come together at some point. Yeah, well, I, I guess in theory you could run, in theory you could run the bend early in September. Singapore usually falls mid to late, and then you go to Bathurst. That would probably work in theory. It's not ideal to have um, to have a, a non-enduro breaking up the five hundred and the Bathurst one thousand, but it's not unprecedented. It happened think as recently as 2001 which is a while back now um but yeah that's that's an interesting jigsaw i'd, I'd say if, if they can get singapore up they'd probably do it though yeah yeah i think so as you point for all the reasons you pointed out before that's the international event that you know to me actually makes some sort of sense um there was a couple of other interesting bits just going back to the 2024 calendar uh timed races now so two races on a um, on a sprint weekend, super sprint weekend, two races, sixty minute timed. What's your take on that? I I actually quite like it. It's probably not a popular opinion based on what I've heard so far, but uh, I don't mind it. It's um, it seems to have just been done to make TV scheduling easier, but it's at least a way of maximising what racing you're getting because they are time certain anyway. So if it's going to be a a quick race you might as well try and add some more laps in so this is how you do it um interesting though it's only 
two races, so we might actually see a reduction in mileage in uh, in uh, total terms at those three events. And then also interesting that it's still the uh, Darwin Triple Crown, but back to two races. So I'm guessing there'll be a shootout put back in there somewhere to try and preserve that Triple Crown element of that event. Or maybe you have to go and win the drag race on the Saturday night to uh, to win the Triple Crown as well. You have to... Uh... It'll be advantage for premier racing, I think, in that uh, and that front. Yeah, look, I, I think it's interesting. I, I guess that 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 middle race on those super sprint weekends had become a bit of a weird one because you kind of have a race and someone wins it and there's no podium and it's sort of you know if you look at the way that supercars are trying to position these events as like you know the, the value out of actually being in an event with all the music before the race and that sort of stuff at the moment. I think the one race per day is actually is actually a better way to go about it. Um, and an hour is still an hour. It's a fair bit of motor racing. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's, you know, I, I think you're still getting plenty of, I, I actually don't mind that, uh, that sort of format. I think that's, that's not a bad move. Yeah. It, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's something different. I think we might've had timed sprint races way back when probably the, uh, early naughty so it's something of a back to the future it mimics what they've done with uh with super two now so i guess they had a look at that and thought well that works out all right so um they've uh, they've given it a go with the uh the super sprint events uh it, i mean the other interesting it creates is that we have a, a lot of different formats uh throughout the season which is is kind of weird to get your head around every weekend you know how many well we know it's generally two races now, but in terms of, you know, do we have a shootout? Are we 200 Ks? Are we 60 minutes? It's, it's, it's quite interesting how that jumps around a lot as well. It's certainly a unique thing that supercars does in, in terms of having massive differences in formats. But, you know, like I say, I, I actually don't mind the idea of adapting what you're doing based on the circuit that you're going to. You know, we see it in Formula One now with the sprint events and they work at some circuits and some events and they don't at others. Um, in Austin, it seemed pretty flat. In Brazil, the sprint race was pretty good and there was sort of some interesting stuff going on. So, you know, I really don't mind supercars chopping and changing around with that sort of stuff. And I think that the formats have landed on here are pretty good. You know, I think New Zealand deserves those bit longer you know, races, you know, like the 200k race there, like that's that in the new Super 400 format with a bit of refueling. I think that event needs that, that there's going to be a big crowd there. There's going to be an amazing buzz and it kind of needs that, uh, that little, that little bit of, uh, added extra, you know, I don't know. There's something about refueling races. They just, they are that sort of next level. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we, um, it'd be interesting to see as well how uh, the exact specs of refueling races next year as well. Because, of course, we've found at the moment with the cars that they mm. are close on economy. I just wonder if, um, if maybe they, maybe they, uh, they go how they went at Sydney and just say that, you know, this is your drop, do it in as many stops as you like or, or if they take away the drop and just say you've, well, you'd have to refuel over the course of 200 Ks, but that'd be another one to keep an eye on as well when they actually finalize these formats in terms of exactly how they do refueling. I think I, I think you're 100% right there. I think that we very well could see, oh, the drop could go. I mean, it's been kept as a strategic element for this year, but the drop could go because, you know, they can also modify the, the capacity of these fuel tanks. And maybe it would be a lot more interesting to actually drop the capacity of the fuel tank so you can't uh, so you you know so you can't just get through without refueling and just say right here you go this is it's up to you now to go and to go and sort of uh slice this cake however you fancy it yeah well, i mean we saw we saw that it made a little bit of difference at sandown and, and bathurst this year which is where they gave them 
some of that freedom back, particularly Bathurst, just because it's such a long race. I think, you know, eventually they'll they'll figure out the optimal way to do it in these uh, these short refueling races anyway. But it's nice to have the uh, the freedom and the potential for someone to do something different and shake it up. Absolutely. Well, I think that's all I've got to say on the calendar. Dan, anything else you want to add before we wrap this thing up? No, I, I think we're uh, we're fine. With, I guess the other thing we're just waiting for now is the schedule for AGP to see how those races uh, fit in again. Yes, that will be interesting. And in terms of uh, you know, I think you spoke to Travis Olden. He's indicated that they they should at least get supercars into the infield somewhere, mm. right? That's the plan. Yeah, yeah. They want they won't have pit lane, so they. Uh, well, they won't have full pit lane access, so we won't see uh, compulsory pit stops at that event, which is actually... I, I kind of like that. I, I, you mentioned before having a bit of variety. I, I like that as well, just having some pure sprints in the mix somewhere. That'll be, uh, that'll be fun to see how that plays out as well. Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining me, Dan, and thanks for joining us, listeners. Um, we'll be back next time. There's a big breaking news story to have a bit of a chat about stuff. Uh, yeah, we'll speak to you then. You've just listened to a Speed Cafe Pod Hub production.